podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today we are going to be continuing our series of FBL scout reports where we have a look at new players coming to the Premier League, sometimes players who switch one Premier League club for another or new managers as well. But it is of course the first of those three categories that we're operating in today uh, as we scout out a very high profile new player to the Premier League. It is Manchester United's new goalkeeper, Andre Anana, you can't have missed this one. It's probably one of the biggest uh, transfers of the uh, summer window. Uh, he's a guy who's previously worked with Ten Hag. He's come from Inter Milan. And, of course, Man United were in the market for a new goalkeeper with the David De Gea situation. And so he's come straight to FPL. Be given a five million price tag. It's 0.5 million cheaper than Luke Shaw, who currently is in 34% of squads. Could this be a bit of a mover-shaker type event for the summer where people shift towards Anana away from Shaw? That's what we were going to find out. Uh, is that the right decision? That's what we're really here uh, to assess. Now, what we've seen in a lot of places is we've seen people immediately throwing him into their teams. We're seeing the term set and forget thrown about. Now, when a term, a phrase as significant as that starts getting used. That's when we really start to get our thinking caps on. And that's what this is all going to be about uh, today. We're going to work out whether or not we feel that Anana is a set and forget guy. You just stick him in your team, leave him there um, with a four million goalkeeper on your bench and just start this guy every week. Uh, and should he be in instead of Shaw? Should he be in at the same time as Shaw? Are there other United defenders we should be considering? All of these questions form part uh, of the discussion around Anana, and that's what we're going to sort out uh, today. But before I go any further, um, I do just need to point out that some of the stuff that we're going to look at today is going to be stuff that is pulled out of the uh, Fantasy Football Scout uh, members area. And if you don't already have access to that, uh, now is a good time to sign up. You can save up to 30% uh, at pre-season prices. It's going to get you access to the pre-season guide in full, which which we're going to briefly touch on a bit later, but you get the full version of that if you've got your membership uh, with pre-season minutes tracker included, uh, season points projections, team transfer planners, drafts and the best fantasy managers, including three previous winners and the most recent of those. And of course, you get access to all of that data with comparison tools, tables, the lot. Just absolutely every piece of information that has taken place in the Premier League for the past 10 years. It's very, very useful, especially having a look at last season, which we're going to have a look at uh, today. So yeah, make sure you sign up for that. And one last uh, little piece of housekeeping before we jump straight into this in more detail is, of course, that these scout reports are based on a fantastic series of articles uh, with the same title uh, on fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. Um, editorial department there, Neil, Mark and Tom. Uh, they are doing a great job and uh, is uh, Mr. Tom Freeman who's finished in the top 1k five times who put this one uh, together for us and so if you want more detail on some of the stuff that we've uh, discussed here today then you can uh, head to the website to read it there or 
if you've got your membership sorted out, you can head to the members area and perhaps uh, peruse some of the numbers uh, in more detail. Just to just to check that I know what I'm talking about. You know, a little bit of oversight never hurt anybody. So, yeah, make sure you uh, make sure you do that. Now, let's get started. Then let's talk about Anana and uh, start off in many ways to. There's been so much talking about this guy. Um, I've seen conversations on social media and conversations with my friends as well. So a good place to start is what Anana thinks of this situation. You know, let's start with some talking. We've got some good quotes here. And um, yeah, it very much get you get the sense that this signing is big. It's the start of a new era at Man United just by the way that Anana talks about it, the way that um, we're going to have a look at somehow the club hierarchy talking about it as well. And so, yeah, Anana says, to join Man United is an incredible honour. I've worked very hard all my life to get to this moment, overcoming many obstacles along the way. Walking out at Old Trafford to defend our goal and contribute to the team will be another amazing experience. This is the start of a new journey for me with new teammates and new ambitions to fight for. Man United has a long history of incredible goalkeepers and I will now give everything to create my own legacy in the coming years I'm excited by the opportunity to work again with uh, Eric Ten Hag and I can't wait to play my part in the success I know he is determined to deliver at this great football club and yeah reading that quote this morning just made me think that's an excellent point when you think about goalkeepers at Man United they really do uh, get to have uh, a legacy if give if, if they do everything right you know you've got goalkeepers that are the number one at the club for five six seven years it kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit with De Gea in the end but you know you could definitely point to there being a De Gea era a Van der Sar era a Schmeichel era you know the, this is not a club that's going to chop and change its goalkeeper all the time so in theory if this all goes right um, yeah then Anana could be you know the man who is between the sticks at United for an elongated period of time and we're going to touch on what he's going to bring to the team and you have to say from what we can see um, he definitely has the ability to uh, stake his claim for um, a place in the Man United history books then in terms of what the uh, director of football said it's kind of the same thing really um, it, he has really helped it com convey a sense of you know, Anana was our guy. He's the goalkeeper we needed to get in order to push this club in a new direction, specifically in that position. And in many ways, you know, he doesn't say this, of course, because, you know, there's a lot of PR and optics involved in this, but in many ways trying to catch up with some of the other big clubs when you think about what Allison and Edison do uh, at Liverpool, Man City, for example. You know, this was Manchester United's opportunity to try and level the playing field in terms of what a goalkeeper can do for your team. So, Andre was our top choice to become the new goalkeeper for Man United with exactly the right profile of technical attributes and personality. Having achieved success throughout his career, we know uh, that uh, Andre will further add to the winning mentality we are building within our squad. He is already one of the world's best goalkeepers and at the age of 27, we firmly believe he can develop even further over the coming years. And that comes from uh, John uh, Murtaugh, Man United's football director. So, as I said, a little bit of optics, a little bit of spin there, but you have to say that, he, uh, that the points he's making it just goes to show you that this is our guy you know this is someone who's coming in to make a big difference with the way that he plays and uh, hopefully how long he's able to be the number one goalkeeper at Man United as well but I've briefly touched in there on um, what he's going to bring to the club what direction it's going to push Manchester United in and let's delve into that now to see that in some more detail uh, starting with what he's done so far, what he's done so far in his career, because um, it's quite impressive, and uh, you know, especially recently as well. Uh, but he comes from a long line of people who have come out of the very, very impressive Ajax Academy. So he um, joined that at eighteen, 
um, and you know having having been involved with Barcelona as well, so another good club with uh, good youth um, set up as well. And so he actually played under Eric Ten Hag uh, from 2017. So they go back a long way, these guys. So that is a big plus straight off the bat. Um, he made 214 appearances in all competitions uh, for Ajax in the end, winning three Eredivisie titles, two KNVB Cups, and one Dutch uh, Super Cup. What we've got on the screen right now, and I'll sort of loosely describe it for the benefit of the podcast listeners, is how he um, was able to produce defensive returns and decent defensive stats over that time. So in the 16-17 season, 15 clean sheets, 78.4% save percentage, 17-18, uh, so this is now Ten Hag uh, involved now, uh, 12 clean sheets, 76.9% uh, save percentage, 18-19, 16 clean sheets, 75% clean sheet, uh, 75% save percentage, I should say. Uh, then uh, 19-20, 8 clean sheets, 73.6% save percentage. 20-21 season, 9 clean sheets, 80% save percentage. And uh, the 21-22 season is a bit of an anomaly. So we'll come back to that in a minute. Because <laughs> he six appearances, 10 goals conceded, no clean sheets, 44.4% save percentage. Looks terrible. Uh, but then his only season with Inter Milan, 22-23, uh, 25 appearances, 8 clean sheets, 73.5% save percentage. I should say all of that just strictly in the league. We'll talk about the Champions League in a minute for Inter Milan. The uh, the slight sort of uh, fly in the ointment is in February 2021, he was banned by UEFA for 12 months as a result of a doping violation, which Anana said was down to accidentally taking some medicine. But uh, he put all that behind him uh, in f- incredible fashion and a good comeback from that setback in his career in many ways. Because, yeah, 22-23 season, Inter Milan, 41 times he played for them in all competitions. They won the Italian Cup. And he was a really, really important player for them as they went all the way to the Champions League final. And, of course, we we all thoroughly enjoyed watching the way that Inter Milan played against uh, City in that game. The way that they held on to possession against City, like very few teams other teams could could do it very much uh, influenced by Anand and what he brings to the table and of course anyone who watched them in in more detail across the whole Champions League campaign will, will know how important he was to that team getting eight clean sheets which was the most of any team in the tournament uh, this most recent campaign 47 saves also top for that as well so the two big stats there clean sheets total number of saves Anana was involved in in both of those top for that just the best basically just the best goalkeeper in the Champions League this season. So this is a huge, huge signing. And one last thing in terms of his career thus far that's actually quite relevant uh, is that he, you know, obviously uh, has played on the international stage uh, for Cameroon, made his debut for them in 2016, 34 caps for them, but actually retired after the World Cup last year, which is uh, interesting in many ways because he's only 27. But that's just, as long as he stays retired, then that's good for us because it just means fewer times he's going to be out on international breaks and running the risk of picking up an injury whilst on international duty. But also, crucially, we've got an African Cup of Nations coming up this season. And so provided he doesn't make the decision to step out of retirement, then... um, Great. It means we're not going to lose Anana for the for Afcon. Now we've actually got some content on uh, our YouTube channel uh, and uh, on our podcast platforms as well about what impact Afcon is going to have on FPL this year. Uh, it's not quite as bad as it could be, but it's still potentially significant for the uh, the big clubs and the expensive players, perhaps. So do go check that out in more detail. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, we don't need to worry about Anana for that, <laughs> which is good news, uh, especially if we're talking about him as being a potential set and forget as well. Now we've talked about his 
history. Let's now talk about his playing style, which is the most exciting part of all of this. Now, what I would encourage you all to do, because I can't bring you this footage to do with copyrights and all sorts of stuff like that, is when you finished watching this or listening to this, go to just whatever video platform you use, whether it's TikTok, YouTube, whatever, Twitter, Instagram, and just type in like Anana highlights or Anana best skill video, you know, that sort of um, rather memed and uh, stereotyped video headline. Normally, I'm not a big fan of those, but with Anana, wow, I was absolutely captivated because if he wasn't wearing a goalkeeper's jersey, you would just assume he was kind of like a ball-playing centre-back or even maybe like a deep-lying playmaker in some of these clips because he pushes out so far. You know, he doesn't stand where goalkeepers traditionally stand, or well, sometimes he does, but in situations where his team has possession and they're trying to force the issue, he's like pressing on sometimes to like the edge of the centre circle. And there was a couple of clips where he basically just goes in the centre circle and plays some ridiculously incredible pass forward to set someone free on the right-hand side. You know, that's the kind of stuff that he can do. And, you know, so he's, he's very, very good on the ball. And, and, you know, he's comfortable on it too. He's very, very good at passing it out as well. He's got pinpoint passing accuracy. So already watching some of those clips, I'm starting to think, mm, is there maybe a bit of assist potential here? Well, maybe. We'll have to see. And all of this feeds into, of course, Ten Hag very much wanting to uh, change the direction that Man United are going in from goalkeepers. They have to, in many ways, if they want to compete with uh, Man City and, and Liverpool. I know Liverpool had a bit of a, a tough season last year, but we kind of expect them to be better last year. And Man City and Liverpool have been the best two teams in the Premier League over the last five years, you have to say. And how can Man United catch up with them? Man United are historically a team that competes for the title and they haven't done that in some time. How can you catch up? Goalkeepers, goalkeepers, goalkeepers. That's that's what they're missing, uh, especially at the back. Someone who can contribute to that build-up. And so this this quote from uh, Ten Hag is, is really helpful to help us understand that. So 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 that we know that he's not just going to go put in that team and all of that creativity and sort of eccentricity that involves his position. That's not going to go away. He's he's going to hopefully maximise that. Having worked with him before and from how he's talking about him as a player as well. So most important says Ten Hag always for a goalkeeper is clean sheets. And uh, he's not doing that on his own, of course. But therefore, you need a very good defensive organization. But also, the capabilities of a keeper is about keeping the goal clean. So this is the first criterion of a goal, good goalkeeper. But nowadays, football also demands good playing out from the back, outplaying qualities. And that is a quality that Andre has. You need both, and you need to cover both areas. So yeah, very much talking about him in that context is is very exciting for us. Of course, Pep Guardiola. We've got a quote from him as well, uh, famously a genius so he doesn't know what he's talking about and this is just in the context of uh, that Champions League final against Inter Milan where yeah lots of us were very very impressed with the way Inter Milan played Anana was part of that and Guardiola said uh, yeah the goalkeeper Anana makes it really difficult to deploy a high press against you cannot press the goalkeeper properly and therefore Inter are masters at keeping the ball and so that's the other thing that's really fascinating about some of the clips that are out there go and have a watch of them is it's not just about when he pushes forward and starts spraying passes like is Andrea Pirlo. It's the fact that when he has the ball and his team is trying to play out from the back and he's he's operating against a high press, he's very, very good. At, someone comes to press him and his footwork is good enough to avoid that press, move into an area of the pitch where he's, he's now countered that press, uh, taken that presser out of the game and then has opened up and found space to move the ball somewhere else. And so that's that's very good for keep ball 
as well. So he's got that creativity that he can do by pressing forward, but he's also got the the bravery because, man, you need the bravery to do that sort of thing in the places on the pitch. I've seen him do it. Um, the bravery, but also the skill and the technique to actually pull that off because we've you know, seen some goalkeepers sometimes <laughs> think they've got the ball-playing ability to you know beat the press, lose the ball, and it causes chaos. From what we've seen so far, he looks like the sort of player who can beat the press um, very well and keep the ball moving along, recycled at the back, and just, in effect, defend by making sure the other team doesn't have the ball. He can all contribute to that. Now, uh, in terms of his reflexes, you know, we looked at those save percentages. They were very, very good. Of course, it's a different division. The Premier League, famously, is, is as a whole, a harder division, of course, than the Eredivisie. Um, and arguably, if I can get away with saying this, Gianni, uh, Syria as well. Um, and I, I'd say don't at me, but he probably WhatsApp me instead, so... I'll watch out for that one. But I think we can all agree on that. I think we can all agree on that, that, you know, we may see some regression there. Uh, but, you know, all we have to compare him against is, of course, De Gea last season. So his save percentage last campaign, 73.5%. That's better than De Gea's. Uh, it was actually only narrowly behind uh, Edis, uh, sorry, Alisson at Liverpool. So it's a decent save percentage. Could it regress potentially? Um, we'll talk a little bit about how he settles into the Premier League uh, a little bit later on. But yes, to answer the question about what's his playing style, we have a modern goalkeeper here, technique of an outfield player. You know, this guy could play central midfield, but when you look at the way that he is on the ball, uh, good at launching quick counterattacks as well, gets the team moving. Now, the one caveat, of course, it is a riskier style of play. We've seen it with Allison, we've seen it with Edison. When a goalkeeper is like this, you just introduce a little bit more chaos into the entropy engine and, uh, you know, just more variables and, and things will go wrong. We've seen it happen at City, we've seen it happen at Liverpool. Um, and that may happen at United, especially as he's uh, just getting comfortable with the league and getting comfortable with his new teammates and just easing himself in. So that may happen. But if it works, it should make Man United a better team, not just defensively, but also offensively as well, which is which is super important there. But it's not just about the player. When we answer this question, is he set and forget? It's not just about the players, it's about the club as well. It's very, very important. And so we're going to talk about some Man United context now. We're going to start off with some of the individuals that are there. Um, we talk about how good United's defence is as a whole. We have a brief touch on pre-season as well because we've already started to see some of the defenders get involved in some pre-season matches. Anana hasn't played yet at the time of recording this but you know those other players around him are really important for how we decide to invest in the in the United defense this year so they're the sort of things uh, that we're going to look for as we've already mentioned he is of course 0.5 million cheaper than Shaw who is very popular right now and you have to say that you know saving money on the Man United clean sheet that's exciting because you know um, they kept 17 clean sheets last season. That was the most of any team in the Premier League. Uh, they ranked mid-table for shots conceded from outside the box with 161. So, you know, conceding um, shots in the right place, etc., etc. Um, we had a team review on, my, on uh, Scout, uh, the website recently, um, which did point towards a bit of overperformance against their defensive uh, expected um, numbers. So go and check that out for more detail if you, if you want to see it. Uh, but in terms of who else is there, he has worked with Lissandro Martinez before, so it's actually not just about Ten Hag here. You know, he is coming into a setup that is loosely familiar. You know, it's it's not like he's he's coming to a new league, of course, but he's going to be working with people he's worked with before, and and that rhythm in defensive organization, and then of course relationship with the manager as well. That that 
hopefully should mitigate against how long it takes him to sell, you would have to argue. And so we've got a decent quote here from Ten Hag uh, referring to his relationship with Martinez. So did he have a good relationship with Martinez Ajax? Uh, yeah, of course. With the centre half, it's very important, that communication. That is always very important. It's about the cooperation, the team, the keeper with his back four, the keeper with his whole team has to be connected. So you need the social and communication skills to get that on the highest level, on the level with the demand and the standards that are very high in the Premier League, especially with Manchester United. So that is really positive, you know, when he talks about the fact that basically it kind of sounds like these guys are kind of already friends and then it doesn't, it just reduces how much of a relationship he has to build with at least one of the centre-backs. And of course, Martinez was part of a Man United defence last season that was very successful. Um, and so we are going to delve into how they finished the campaign because... You know, we can look at how they were for the whole of the season last time out in terms of that defensive potential, but actually the way they finished the campaign is, is more recent, so that um, data set provided that we can get a decent number of matches into it, um, I think is probably more reliable in terms of uh, what state of play that defence is, is showing going into the new campaign. And yeah, there's just a wealth of encouraging numbers here. Um, as you said, a little bit of overperformance on this, um, but you know, Sometimes you overperform if you've got good players in that team. You've got goalkeepers that can make uh, saves they shouldn't. Anana, definitely one of those, for example. So, you know, I don't think that Anana coming in in any way uh, downgrades Man United's ability to overperform. Of course, the team as a whole could regress, but at the very least, the stats are still good. It's not like they're bad and then they kept lots of clean sheets. It's like they're like solid and they kept slightly more clean sheets than maybe they should have done. And that's fine. I think that's fine, especially when we're looking at a big club as well with the mentality that Ten Hag is instilling in that club. So, yeah, let's run through some numbers then. So in the last 12 uh, game weeks of, of last season, which we've just got on the bottom right-hand side here of the screen, if you're uh, joining us on YouTube, United played 13 times, and that, of course, is lots of doubles. So there's a little bit of uh, inconsistency in terms of how often some of these teams are playing. But seven clean sheets in the last 12 game weeks, and that was the best of any team in the Premier League. Two more than Villa, uh, who they uh, played the same number of matches as. Two more than Brighton, who played two more matches than them. Um, three more than City, who only played one match fewer, for example. You know, Brentford played an extra match. Uh, compared to United and kept three fewer clean sheets. So United really were the team to invest in for clean sheets at the back end of last season. Uh, how did they achieve that? Well, um, in terms of the number of chances that they were conceding, um, you know, big chances conceded for United, just the 23 uh, in that spell, that was the fourth best. So this is what I mean about that defensive overperformance. It's the fact they were fourth best for fewest big chances conceded, but kept the most clean sheets. So it was Newcastle, Palace and City that were ahead of them for that. But either way, to be in the top forward that's fine that's great that's a defense that's doing well that's a defense that we um should look to uh, investigate invest investing in and we'll look at their fixtures at the start of the new campaign in a minute i think i think we need a united defender these numbers i think prove uh, that we we want to do that and then just in the last 15 game weeks um they conceded 15 goals which was the third um best uh, or third fewest, I should say, compared to uh, City and Villa, who were the top two. And Villa, by the way, have come up a couple of times in this section about defensive potential. And so if you haven't already checked out our scout report on Pau Torres, which is available on YouTube, and podcast platform that you access us on or uh, on the website as well, do check that out because there's some really interesting numbers there, um, especially how Palace rotate with their fixtures. A Villa defender, probably also worth considering at the start of the season. If you want more on that subject, go check out those other pieces of content that I've mentioned there. But 
broadly. As I said, United's defence looking very nice going into the new season. We'll look at their fixtures in just a minute because we. I also want to have a look at how some of the competitors in that Man United defence compare with Anana. Now, it's a little bit challenging here because, of course, when you're comparing a goalkeeper with a defender, you're comparing apples and oranges. Um because they do different things on the pitch. And of course, you've got the extra 0.5 for Luke Shaw, but you know he famously is more likely to get forward. So it's whether or not you feel that extra 0.5 is worth paying for Shaw over Anana. And that's just kind of what I want to entertain here as a devil's advocate to the suggestion that Anana is, is set and forget. I'm not saying that he is or isn't, to be honest. I mean, every good manager needs a scout. And that has famously been one of our catchphrases. I'm not necessarily here to help to, to make the decision for you. I'm help, here to help give you all the information so you can make the decision that's that's right for you. So I, I don't really want to sit here and say he is or is not a set and forget. But I think that there's a case for yes and no. It's all about what else is going on in the rest of your team. If you've got 0.5 to spend, there is a case to be made that it still be sure. Because when we look at uh, last season... now. I've actually just said I don't normally like looking at the whole season as a whole, but I've done that with Shaw because if we look at how United finished the campaign, there would be a chunk in there of Shaw playing centre-back just because of the injury shortage. And I think that that is just going to mitigate against um, him being able to show what he can do offensively because playing centre-back naturally just going to get forward less often than playing left-back. So to have a broader idea of what Shaw uh, did last season, how it compares with the other defenders in the Premier League, it makes more sense to look at the whole campaign and then just attach a caveat. So last season uh, for defenders, I've just sorted all defenders last season in the Premier League by chances created. Uh, 34 for Shaw, that put him inside the top uh, eight. And so, yes, admittedly, you've got Cresswell, Perisic, Estupinian, Robertson, Alexander-Arnold, Trippier, all created more chances than him. Worth pointing out that no United defender created more than him so he is the one with the most uh with the highest assist potential uh, among them all uh, but when you consider that he did have to spend some part of last year playing center back it kind of suggests here that he probably would maybe be a bit higher perhaps maybe up nearer the Cresswell and the Perisic here maybe if those fixtures had been kind maybe he might be um pressing in on the on matching a stupid man for assist potential, for example. But either way, this is a guy that, despite playing centre-back for a bit of last season, still managed to get this high up for assist potential last season. His bonus is actually historically very good as well. Uh, if you want more information on that, head to the members area to have a look at that. So there's all sorts of things that are worth thinking about with Shaw. And there's also the fact uh, that his minutes per chance created for United last season, one every 75 minutes, that was also the best amongst defenders as well. So when you factor in the the defenders who maybe didn't play quite as often, who might get involved this season, so Aaron Wambasaka is one, and we're going to talk about him in a minute, Shaw was still offering a better minutes per chance created than all of the other United defenders last season. Now, with Anana maybe he's going to have some incredible uh, chances created stats. But you have to say that when he's put, putting the ball forward, it's more likely going to be pushing towards the centre circle and then spraying a pass to a winger or perhaps maybe threading something through to a number 10. And Anana may end up being the assister of the assister. Um, that might be how it works out. I, I'd be pretty confident he gets an assist this season. I'd be super shocked if Anana finishes the season that we're about to have without at least one assist. But can you bank on it? No. Really, you're putting Anana in for the clean sheets, the saves, and the pass completion, which all of which, by the way, is great because his bonus when they keep clean sheets is probably going to be very, very high. 
but it's just with that 0.5, can you tilt it and in an extra direction? Because Shaw's pass completion is going to be good. His bonus is also going to be good for other defensive things as well. And of course, with the assists, is that going to make a difference? And of course, like just Shaw's positioning, you know, he's going to make considerably more penalty box entries than Anana, although you never know. <laughs> Anana's pretty crazy, but you know, on balance, Shaw's is going to be in offensive positions more often. So there's still a choice there, still a decision there. Uh, and preseason is a good way of working that out. So that's why I'm now just going to briefly talk about uh, Wan-Bissaka. Because, you know, right now, uh, if you've got your full uh, Fantasy Football Scout membership sorted, you can access the preseason minutes uh, tracker in all of its glorious detail, breaking down every team, every player, every position for all these preseason games. I will just pick out uh, a few little bits and bobs on United because, yeah, Aaron Wan-Bissaka is, is, is actually in a pretty good place right now and I'm starting to see him get talked about uh, on the site, in, in the comment section, on social media, different places like that. And what we've got on the screen is a heat map from United's most recent preseason game, which was a 2-0 win over Arsenal, no less. So no mean feat there. Um, and 45 minutes for Wan-Bissaka, which is, is quite normal. Uh, with a lot of these preseason games, you tend to find that teams change at half-time just to keep everybody fresh and to sort of ease them into to playing games. Um, but yeah, 45 minutes against Arsenal, two chances created for Wan-Bissaka. That was the most of any United player in that game. Uh, and when you look at the heat map comparison with Shaw, Shaw has a very angry bubble around the left-back position. You know, there's lots of red, um, lots of orange. That predominantly was where he was um, having the ball. There is, of course, a staggered spread of yellow bubbles uh, all the way down the left-hand side and, and, and a f one or two penalty box entries. But it's worth pointing out that wan is nowhere near as red and orange in the right-back position. I mean, that is where it is at. It's orangest. But the uh, spray of yellow is a lot thicker across the left hand, across the right flank, um, especially moving into the attacking third. There's just significantly higher attacking third presence for Wambasaka and uh, slightly more uh, penalty box entries as well. And so it is just a preseason game. We can't read into it too much, but it is worth pointing out that Wambasaka has more preseason minutes after the first uh, few matches. I think it's three now for United than uh, any other defender. Now, the best players have kind of been introduced more slowly. Uh, but, you know, it's still just something worth worth monitoring is that Wan-Bissaka at the moment is the most utilised or the joint most utilised uh, defender. He is the most utilised fullback for United as well because obviously Dallow is, is, is perhaps in the, the conversation. And actually, it's worth pointing out on the screen just at the bottom there as well that when we just go back to defenders and how many chances they created last season um, in terms of the top uh, eight, Shaw was seventh best, but actually Dallow was eighth and had the same minutes per chance created as Shaw last season. Now, uh, Dallow's coming at 5 million, so it's a bit of a shame, really. Really, we just need to know who's going to start a right-back, because that's perhaps just the one last little consideration to make, is that everybody's talking about Anana being set and forget because he's 0.5 cheaper than Shaw. But who's 0.5 cheaper than Anana? Well, Wampasaka is. So, you know, we're in this situation where actually maybe that perhaps ends up being the right one. But, you know, we're in this situation where we're just waiting for preseason to, to, to kind of uh, conclude itself and uh, we can then start to collate all this data. So do watch out for Wampasaka, famously 
of course, discovered as a four million defender at Crystal Palace. Could he be another cheap option uh, this season? Well, before we finish, let's just have a look at those United fixtures uh, as well. And actually, we're just going to bring in some community reaction uh, as well, which I think is quite interesting because we we can see there is a little bit of a split, mixed opinion on Anana as he's coming to the to the Premier League. So if you're seeing in lots of places him being branded as this set and forget uh, person, you know, people saying he definitely is. Um, I made sure that the thumbnail for this video had it with a question mark because we don't want to be, uh, you know, too committal. Uh, so, yeah, there's some mixed opinion there. But you know, let's just quickly talk about those fixtures. And they are good. That's the thing. I, I think that my main conclusion from this is you kind of have to have a United defender at the start of the season. We've got Wolves at home game week one, Spurs away, then Forest at home, Arsenal away, United, uh, um, uh, Brighton at home, Burnley away, Palace at home, Brentford at home, Sheffield United away. And so... What's quite interesting there is that two of their first three are at home. Then you've got three of their first five are at home. Um, it is uh, four of their first seven and five of their first nine are at home, where United were just comfortably the best team defensively at home last season. So at Old Trafford, that is where they are at their clean sheet best. And so even that, just the fact that they've got more home games than you know away games in the first three, in the first five, in the first seven and the first nine, you know, that could mean that any of your United defenders are set and forget for that run. Now, it's worth pointing out that there's a couple of gaps in there. You know, you've got, as in, in terms of fixture difficulty, away at Spurs. The way the Spurs are going to be this season with the new manager, they're going to be very offensive. And so, are you not going to keep a clean sheet away at Spurs? Highly unlikely, you'd say, but maybe there's lots of shots and maybe Anana gets you three or four points for some savings and bonus. Um, the Arsenal away game again week four is perhaps the same sort of situation, uh, but then the away games get easier because then in the in the second half of that little run you've got Burnley away, which uh, you you'd have to say if you're not going to keep the ball there against a team that tries to keep the ball, then you know you have to expect United you know, to be better at it than that. So clean sheet perhaps uh, in the making as well. Uh, Sheffield United away in game week nine as well is also a, is also a nice one. I suppose what you perhaps have to ask yourself when you throw the fixtures into consideration is what are you after from your your United defender? Now, the first thing that leaps out to me in this, especially now that Wan-Bissaka has at least entered the conversation, uh, is the fact that, you know what, rotating a United defender here would actually be really nice because Spurs away and Arsenal away and probably even Brighton at home because Brighton are fantastic. They're three games that I don't really like the look of for defensive returns. There's no slight in Man United. It's just that those three teams are three of the best attacking teams in the Premier League, or at least they will be, I think, after Postacoglu, um, you know, is able to, uh, to to instill his new style of play at Spurs. Um, so having a 4.5 in Wan-Bissaka and benching him for maybe two, three, so two, four, and five, and then using and bringing him back in your team for game, for game weeks uh, beyond the Burnley match could be a way to do it, you know, Perhaps you back your shore to get attacking returns in those games, but you know maybe you're only going in looking for um, for those attacking returns. Uh, and so could the point five be spent better elsewhere? Perhaps um, Anana sits in that gap. You'd argue with the safe percentage uh, and, and perhaps even uh, with his, his bonus that might come from his ability to be involved in the possession in the Spurs and the Arsenal and the Brighton game. Maybe that makes him worthwhile as well. And so, as I said, it's what you're after. If you're feeling like you just want an honor in the team to keep the clean sheets uh, and you aren't happy with the idea of having five million in a goalkeeper for three of the first five matches where 
United, his chances of a clean sheet are just arguably much lower than you'd perhaps like, then do you look elsewhere? Do you then look to assure? Because spending 0.5 on top of that to heighten the chances of attacking returns for those games could be worth it. Alternatively, if the attacking nature of those teams puts you off a bit, then maybe that brings the 4.5s that might emerge at United uh, into consideration as well. Because in, instead of looking, if you're just looking for clean sheets, then a rotation guy is quite useful. And really just what this all boils down to, again, is that actually uh, at the start of pre-season, everybody was in on Shaw. Then United signed Anana, so then it's like, oh, okay, let's have a look at him. And then just in the last couple of days, the pre-season matches have perhaps just thrown Wampasaka into the conversation. So do just keep tracking those pre-season games. You can follow them best here on Fantasy Football Scout. Editorially, it, you've, we've got you covered basically every game. There's going to be an article on. It's great. Uh, and of course, we'll be summing some up in videos and you've got that pre-season's minutes tracker as well if you are a member. But I did promise a bit of community reaction as well. And I'm, I'm glad to see there is a little bit of a contrast of opinion here because that's, that's kind of where I am. I'm not really decided yet uh, on Anana. And so these are taken from our comment section on site. So uh, Jones from there says, I think he should have been priced at 5.5 personally because uh, he'll be in most teams at this price. I mean, that's a fair point, but an interesting uh, reply from Connors who says, I don't think a player with an unproven Premier League record should be given the same price tag as Allison, for example, who, despite Liverpool having a poor season, managed 162 points. It's kind of making the point there that he's, un he's technically untested in the Premier League, so maybe that was why. Uh, Merlin, uh, the Wraith, says that Anana is, looks like a bargain at £5 million. He's very surprised about the price. And so that puts £1 million uh, pound, uh, in the bank um, that he that he already had. And so then he can then upgrade Pickford um, to him and then replace Shaw after game week one. He thinks it's reasonable to risk keeping double the United defence against Wolves before getting Chilwell uh, after they've played Liverpool. So Chelsea's fixtures get very nice from game week three. Still lose 0.5 in the back. So that's an interesting way of perhaps uh, navigating that situation. Um, Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo, great name by the way. A uh, little bit more skeptical. 73.5% um, sent 73.5% save percentage in Syria last year, and ninth best amongst goalkeepers. He thinks that's not great, um, and says that he might stick to Shaw and a 4.5 million goalkeeper with a small bonus of lower own percentage as the template evolves. And he says, I want Shaw for security of starts and bonus, regardless of what position he. He plays. He did talk about when he was at centre back. He actually, um, you know, did pretty well for the bonus still. Uh, and then Free Hat says Onana may be good with his feet, but I also would like to see him handle crosses in the box. Premier League is a whole different beast, in my opinion, for goalkeepers. No matter how good experienced they are, he will need to adapt first. That's an excellent point, which I think is just the one last thing that we perhaps maybe just want to put out there as a caveat for you to consider whether or not you feel that there is enough in place at United uh, for him to adapt bit faster than someone coming to the Premier League for the first time. I mean, it was a while ago when De Gea first arrived at United because uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, of course, was still in charge. You know, he'd moved here from La Liga and uh, nobody denied that he was a good goalkeeper at the time. He'd done very well in La Liga, but the one thing he was missing was a bit of physicality from his game. He was very stick-thin, very sort of gangly, thin goalkeeper and he did have to put on a little bit of muscle and a bit of now so that he could come out, collect corners, crosses, things like that because you don't really get too much of that uh, in La Liga, for example, can't necessarily comment in the same way on Syria, but the point is, is that different divisions just have different circumstances that happen more often. There's, you know, there's a lot of short passes in La Liga, La Liga, for example. You know, just different leagues are known for different things. The Premier League is very much known for its crosses, and you have to be a very big 
physical towering presence uh, in the Premier League. And that's, again, not to suggest that Anana isn't that, but you have to be practised at coming and collecting those things. So it's so good there for Freehat to point out the things that we might just want to want to wait on. Hopefully, this video has been helpful. We've talked about lots of different uh, aspects of Anana, lots of different ways you can handle uh, him coming to the Premier League and whether or not you want him for your team. Alternative routes at Man United, for example. Uh, very nice uh, to see uh, from the comment section as well. Uh, Merlin the Wraith pointing out that actually, to be honest, it's one thing I didn't really go into too much detail on. Why not both? You know, those those fixtures in the first three are fantastic. If you want to go for an early wild card or an early mini wild card by saving some transfers and then doing some uh, to minus fours perhaps change three players actually like Anana and Shaw to get Wolves at home and Forest at home in two of the first three that's not bad so you could do that too there's lots of options here um, and hopefully all these different routes and all these different numbers have helped you form your opinion about what you're going to do uh, about Anana. Uh, before uh, I go anywhere else, just one last reminder to make sure you signed up to Fantasy Football Scout membership for the new season. You can save up to 30% on those pre-season prices. A lot of the stuff that we've gone into today, you can get even more access to if you've got that sorted. And of course, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the Fantasy Football Scout YouTube channel and hit that bell notification so you do not miss a thing this pre-season. And so with that, I will leave you fine folks to the rest of your tinkering and I will see you next time.